All right. So what can uh, coaches and owners really expect from the WASF? Input and voices. Transparency. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 73. Not sure if there's going to be a 74, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. If you're a normal follower of the show, you remember a couple of weeks ago, Alex from thecheertheory.com, him and I were talking about just different things going on in the industry, and then we brought up the World All-Star Federation. And then you also remember me saying, Les Stella, we need you on the show. Les, we need you on the show. Well, people, you got to speak it into existence because today we have on Les Stella, the executive director of the new World All-Star Federation. We talk about how and why they got started. We talk about if we really need a second governing body in the industry and what plans they have to have a positive impact on the industry. But before we get into that, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone who needs to stay up to date or wants to stay up to date with things going on in the industry. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. You'll want to subscribe. We always have great, interesting conversations going on here, or we just flat out have an awesome guest like we have today. Real quick, shout out to Sheila, Sarah, my mother, and our newest supporter, Caroline. We really appreciate all of you guys. Your financial support helps us take this show to the next level. Lastly, if you have a question that you want answered on the show, you could submit your question by clicking the link in the show notes, marked question of the week. Click there, submit your question. We'll answer your question on one of these shows. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone, guys, you know, this is where I usually introduce Be More. But today we don't have on more, we have on less. So we're going we're gonna to switch it up a little bit. We're going to switch it up a little bit. And on the other side of the microphone is the man who's here to represent all of you coaches and gym owners and everyone in the industry, the athletes, the parents. Don't be more when you can be less. Les, thanks for joining us, man. Ah, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you asking me to be on the podcast. Yeah, this is great. Glad that we're able to make it happen. Thanks for getting on in um, such short notice. Um, a lot of things are going on with the World All-Star Federation. So I had to get you on just to talk about everything you guys have got going on. I'm one of the people who want to stay informed with things happening in the industry. Obviously, wasn't able to make it out to Florida. I know there's a lot of people in my shoes who want to stay informed, but weren't able to go to the meeting. So I thought this would be a great opportunity for you to um, you know, share everything that's going on and you know, so here we are. So again, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, that's that's that is completely completely understandable. Uh, we only gave a uh, were able, able to give a two week notice for the meeting, so there was like a ton of phone calls from people who wanted to be out there. It was like, let's I just can't, you know, really want to go out there, support you, and find out what's going on. Uh, just can't make it in such a short notice, and I understand that. That's that's completely understandable. But yeah, and um, you know, there's all over the years. There's been different. 
you know, grassroots movements, I, you know, dare I say, that have popped up in the industry. And, you know, this pops up, this pops up. But I remember when I saw that you were, you know, attached to the executive director, when I saw that you were, you know, spearheading this thing, I thought this thing, this really has a chance to really make a difference in the industry. I think that you are one of the most, if not the most well-respected names in the industry. And so one, it is. It truly is a pleasure to you know sit down and chat with you. But you know, I think you really do have the support of the people just because of who you've been. Your just integrity and your your character over the years. Um, you know, so I want to talk all about it. So like, so so how did you get started? Let's well, talk about that. Well, first of all, thank you, thank you for the uh, the support and the kind words, man. I'm humbled. I am truly humbled by what you just said. That's it that blows me away. I'm kind of kind of stuck for for what to say now. <laughs> Let's get started with with what again? <laughs> Let's just get started. So, how did you get into cheer coaching? And let you know, oh, wow. you know, start at the beginning. Man, so I'll make this uh, a long, boring story as short as possible. I uh, <laughs> in, in 1983. Yes, I am that old. I'm 55 years old. I'll be 56 in November, by the way. Um, so 55, I started 1983, uh, I was a junior in high school and went to an all boys school down in new Orleans, Louisiana called De La Salle. And back in those days, every, there's a lot of all boys schools around uh, new Orleans and all the all boy Catholic schools had their own, uh, karate teams and we had tournaments. So we were at our own, you know, I was on the karate team and, uh, myself and a couple other guys were out after school one day practicing our, our katas so we can move up in weight belts. And that's your form, you know, Cotter's your form. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you're real short and tight with it. And remember, this is an all-boys school, so you don't see girls for, you know, a week at a time. Um, and all of a sudden, these three very attractive, I'll put, put it as nicely as possible, very attractive girls come up to us <laughs> and said, hey, guys, you, you guys are real sharp in your motions. We're like, motions, what are you talking about? And they're like, you know, your stuff, oh, that's our Cotter's. And uh, like, well, we use, you know, motions and cheerleading. Y'all are real sharp and we, we need sharp people. Y'all want to join cheerleading. We're like, uh, no, thank you. You know, we're thinking to ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah, these girls are hot, but we don't want to be cheerleaders because that had yeah. that stigma to it. Um, and then this uh, girl that turned out to be my partner, um, Sharon Stobbs, she's a great person. She said, hey, do you want to try a stunt? And I was like, well, what's a stunt? She said, well, you know, squat down and grab my ankle with one hand and take the other hand and place it under my butt and lift <laughs> me up. Right then and there, all three of us signed up. So you know, at 16, yeah. Yeah, the good old chair sit. I got you. <laughs> at 16, the chair sit, you know, we were like, okay, <laughs> I haven't seen a girl in two weeks here. And this drop dead gorgeous girls come over here and say to put place my hand on my seat, on your seat. And yeah, we're going to sign up. There we go. That's, now, I know it's kind of a, you know, maybe a sexist thing to say, but that's how it happens. That's, that's the way the mind of a 16 year old. That was literally my first stunt. Walk up chair was my first stunt. And that, you know, that, and you know, what's so cool was, it was just like trying to figure out, you know, and I, so this is actually a funny story. My first gym, I'm there for a week. My sister was already a cheerleader, but she cheered at a gym, Champion Outlaws in San Diego. It was about an hour from where we lived. I had joined a tumbling class and the coach at the tumbling, the coach of the tumbling class was trying to recruit us to be on the cheer team there. And that was the local gym in town. So we do walk up chairs and I'm like, okay, like, I'm doing, I'm stunting, I'm stunting, right? And um, 
Anyway, he's like, yeah, you made the team. So when we actually start cheering, my mom's like, well, if you're actually going to cheer, Jason, you're going to cheer at the same gym as your sister. I'm not having you guys at two different gyms, which later on we actually end up being at two different gyms. But I'm not having you guys at two different gyms. And so I go down to the other gym, which was, you know, it was Champion Outlaws. And we Champion had won. You know, you walk in, there's UCA all-star banners everywhere. And I remember telling the coach, like, have you guys stunted before? He's like, yeah, we stunted a little bit. I could do... I can do a walk-up chair. And he's like looking at me like, um, I don't think we're going to be using any of those. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's what they taught me at the other gym. <laughs> but yeah, um, So I cheered my senior year in high school because that was at the end of my junior year. I cheered my senior year in high school. We went to the nationals. And uh, from there, I got hired by UCA. And I taught, you know, UCA, which became varsity later. I taught for UCA for, what, 15, 16 years teaching camps. I was one of their top head instructors. Um. Work for him full time for a long time, you know, all that kind of stuff. So also during that time, and that was from what, 1984 to 1999, if I get my dates right. Um, and also in 1990, I started coaching Germantown High School. And, you know, I coached the freshman, the JV and the varsity. Uh, and which I, yep. I, I truly did that by choice because I knew if I put as much time in my freshman team and my JV team, Every year with the varsity, we just had to reload. We didn't have to rebuild a team, which I see a lot of teams out there, a lot of gyms out there right now. Every time, every year, they're trying to rebuild that one team, that one great team they have. And if you just focus all that energy and spread it out across the gym and you build your lower level teams, then you'll just be reloading your elite teams. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's just you know a little caveat there. But uh, so I, I taught, uh, coached for Germantown for I think all the nineties. Um, we were always on TV fighting for national championships, had a great time with that. Um, then in 99, I left, uh, and went down to Georgia and opened my own gym called Tux Cheerleaders. And it was mm-hmm. Tux stood for, it was T-U-C-S. It was teach you cheerleading skills. Then we changed it to the ultimate cheer school. So, uh, um, we did that for four and a half years. And during that time, man, I was getting so frustrated with the industry because, you know, we'd go one weekend to this competition and, well, you didn't win because you didn't have this skill in there. The next week, we put that skill in for the next weekend. Next week, we go and we do that same routine, that same skill, and we lose because that uh, event producer says, oh, well, you, that skill is not legal in this competition. You're going, you know, every weekend is a different set of rules. So I got frustrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, 2004, 2004 and a half, I guess you would say, I started putting together my own um, governing body. So, well, and I'll say that for this reason, that, you know, a lot of people who know me know that I've worked for varsity my entire adult life. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, the World All-Star Federation is just another varsity guy that's going to, you know, start this. Well, that's not true because I started my own governing body out of passion for the industry, not under the guise of varsity. So um, I had my own logo. It's called the National Cheer League. And I had my own logo, my own posters, website, all stuff. I spent about $65,000 on it. It was just was out of yeah. money, you know, you know, so I knew I needed, you know, bigger pockets to help get this off the ground. Um, matter of fact, you know, I'm sure, you know, Jamie Parrish called him and he said, mm-hmm. hey, we've got the NHCCC, you know, we, we got this. And I was like, OK, we'll, we'll talk later about it. And then I called Varsity. I called back to, you know, where I used to work because I was in Georgia. I called back to Memphis, called Bill Seeley. I said, hey, I've worked for Varsity for uh, many years, never asked for a favor. And I'm going to call that favor in right now. He said, whatever you want, you got it. I said, just give me two hours of your time, two hours of Jeff Webb's time. He goes, all right. So we set a date up. I I drove up to varsity, had a whole PowerPoint presentation for him. 
did the PowerPoint for them, turned around, and they were just kind of sitting there with their mouth open. I was like, okay, is that a good face or a bad face? They're like, <laughs> well, we have good news for you and bad news for you. I'm like, okay, well, what's the bad news? Well, we've start, just started something like this, and it's called the USASF. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? Okay. And they're like, yeah, Jim Chadwick's running it. I was like, okay. And I knew Jim Chadwick from when I worked at Varsity. And anyway, mm-hmm. won't say anything about that. Um, so I said, well, what's the good news? They said, well, we want you to move from Georgia back to Memphis and, and help run the, and start and run the USASF. I was like, um, no, I'm good at the, you know, what I'm doing. So I'm driving back to Georgia and the long story short, anyway, I changed my mind and, and, and decided to move back to Memphis. And it, that's how I got involved back with varsity and USASF. Yep. Um, but it, again, it didn't start from VAR, me being part of varsity, it started from my own passion with the industry and wanting to, because when I was so frustrated with my own gym and going from weekend to weekend, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with me or the coaches that were all frustrated. It had to do with the kids that are in every gym across the country working their backsides off for you. Cause you say, Hey, I want you to jump through this hoop. And then you jump through that hoop. And okay, now jump through this hoop. They jump through that hoop. They, they work their mm-hmm. tails off for you. And then they get the shorter of the stick when all of a sudden the EP says, Oh no, that's illegal here. Yeah. So that was frustrating. And I wanted to fix, have a governing body that was fair for the kids or for the athletes. And uh, so that's, you know, went back and with the USASF and as you know, became the rules guy for what, 10, 11 years, something like that. Um, and helped run the USASF. And, you know, brought credentialing to the industry. Um, I'm not trying to take all the credit for credentialing. There's a handful of people who helped me set it up. Uh, but I was the one who actually went out there and first started testing. I, make, think, I think Jeff Miller was the first person I ever tested. Um, mm-hmm. Gina Evans was a huge help in that because she, you know, I went to this, I don't remember whose coach's conference it was, but I saw her and she was like, hey, you want me to help test? So I tested her real quick and then she started helping me test other people. And I think Morton Burge was another one who helped me test people. But, had a bunch mm-hmm. of people jumped in. So we just started testing people and, you know, credentialing took off. Uh, I don't think credentialing is still what it should be or doing what it should have done. That's, that's another mm-hmm. story. Um, where, where are we going with this? Okay. Yes, sir. So real quick, let me, um, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to tell you this story. Sure. So I've got to tell it to you now. You're at the USASF. You're the rules guy. And when I was working for Pacific Coast Magic, they would send me to Costa Mesa for I, – I would just audit the rules. They wouldn't even send me for the conference. They would just send me to rules. Jason, go learn the rules. And you're like the rules guy for the gym. Okay. And I would go, you know, once a year down to Costa Mesa and sit in your class. Yeah, I'd sit in the back and just, you know, take notes on everything. And um, you're, you're going over the rules. And we get to level three and you say, okay, you know, in level three, you can do a full up to prep, right? And I'm like, okay. And then you mention that, that when you, that when the kids walk with the rotation, right, that, you know, it's based on the rotation of the hips. So if the base is moved, that rotation counts, right? And so, you know, okay, yeah, makes sense. And you go, so yeah, so if they spin, if the kids does a full up, right, and then the kids walk a quarter, that's one and a quarter. And and I'm thinking to myself, well, what if they spin the other direction? And I'm like, that's a whatever. What if they spin the other direction now they're spinning? So I kind of raise my hand and you're like, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. And I'm like, so what if the kids spin the other direction that they're twisting? And you go, well, why would they do that? 
And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they do that. But so you kind of laugh it off. We all kind of laugh or whatever, but you never really answer the question. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I wasn't really, it was just like, it just piqued my curiosity. Like, how would that be ruled? And I'm thinking I would never run into a situation why I would need my kids to spin the other direction. Anyway, like two years later in our pyramid, we actually need it to happen. We fold up the preps on the outside, but wanted to turn them in. So one of them was actually spinning, you know, if they didn't one, slow, if they didn't do it correctly, one and a quarter and one was spinning one three quarter. quarters. Three quarters, yeah. right. Yeah. And I was like, I remember laughing like, well, I, I would need that. I need that answer now, Les. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we have you, what is the answer? You know what's funny? You know what's funny, Jason? I remember that conversation because it was funny. Because let me tell you what was so funny to me. What was spinning through my head. Okay, here's this guy in the back of the class guessing. What if they fold up and then the base is turning in the other direction? So I'm thinking if they got a kid who does a half up and they turn halfway around, the base is walking halfway the other way. All they did was a elevator to the shoulders. <laughs> they, they, they didn't spin at all. They half and half back and forth in two different directions. I was like, why wouldn't they just do an elevator? <laughs> why, would they, why would they worry about all that spinning stuff? Anyway, that's what I was laughing at um, when you asked that question. That's funny. There you go. All right. So USASF. Um, now we we we're no longer with the USASF. We go IASF, and we're doing IASF. We're doing international. About oh, okay, man, I might have my dates wrong. 2015, 2016, sometime around there. Uh, Jim Chadwick, which I'm sure it wasn't just him. She was the board of directors from you know guiding him what to do. Jim Chadwick basically told all the international event producers and international teams and coaches and gyms to basically go jump in a river. And a bunch of them that I'd been to there, you know, I'd been to England with Ian and Tessa and um, Australia with Noreen and with Steve and Rosemary with uh, Ascuf and, you know, I've Canada with a couple of different people. I've been to all these places and they're all calling me going, Les, what's going on? We, we joined the USASF slash IASF at the time before most of these American e- event producers. And now we're getting told, you not they're not, you're not doing anything with this. It's like, I have no idea what's going on. Well, there's a handful of those from around the world that got together and they came and talked to Jeff Webb and said, hey, Jeff, we want you to start the IASF on its own and we want Les Della to run it. And so that's how that became. That's when I left the USASF and uh, started running the IASF and uh, did that with three, four years, four or five years, something like that. Yeah. And now... Okay, so now and now here we are, World All-Star Federation. So how does this get started? What's your role? You know, and let, let's talk. Let's, sure. let's stick here now. In December of uh, 2020, I got an uh, email from Varsity saying this is how they were going to run the ISF and this is where they were going to put it. And, and I'm, I'm a, I, one thing I don't want to do with the World All-Star Federation, uh, Jason, I have no intention of ever going back and bashing varsity or bashing USASF or ISF. That's, that's not, mm-hmm. you know, we can't run our race with one foot stuck in the mud. Um, yeah. So that's just not who I am as a person. I would, I would never try to bash somebody, but I didn't agree with the direction they were going. I didn't agree with where they were going to put it. I didn't agree with how it was going to be run. Um, I didn't agree with how it was run when I took it over because I really wasn't leading it as I just thought I was. Um, so I said, you know what, guys, I, I can't do this. This is, I I'm, I'm, don't agree with this. And they were uh, basically saying, well, if you don't do this, 
then we don't have a position for you. Which I thought it was kind of crazy because I've been with varsity since, you know, other than the four and a half years over my own gym since 1984. Um, and I was like, all right, fair enough. So I walked or was let go, you know, pick your, you know, take your pick. I was either walked or they let, they let me go. You know, yeah. either one doesn't bother me, what you call it. Um, so I was under a non-compete for 18 months. I could not be in cheerleading. I could not talk to anybody about cheerleading, you know, it was, not going to put anybody in that position. So I had about four or five companies, um, event producers and other companies call me. So, Hey, Les, we, we, you know, we heard that you left varsity in the USASF and ISF. We want you to come work for us. Well, and I'll tell each and every one of them, I said, Hey, appreciate the support and love, but you know, I can't even talk to you about this uh, until July 1st of 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, you know, I don't want to get myself sued. I don't want to get you sued for talking to me because you know, you know, that now that you know that I'm under non-compete, so let's just, not talk about this, but call me July 1st. Okay, we'll call you July 1st. You know, make sure we're the first ones you talk to. So they all said that. I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. Um, and I think it was February or March. I really don't remember um, when Heidi Weber called me. She said, hey, Les, we are going to do something, and I want you to uh, let me know if you're interested. And I was like, well, Heidi, hold on. You know, I told her the same thing. Can't talk to you July 1st. Well, she was, okay, that's fine. Just, just let me tell you about it, and I'll find out if you're interested. And so – she told me about the World All-Star Federation and I said, a new federation. I said, I am definitely interested in it because I think, you know, we, we should start one that is run by the industry the way it should have been the first time. Um, and I said, but look, Heidi, I said, I cannot help you organize this. I cannot help you set it up. You know, I can't be, have any part of it until July 1st. And she goes, that's fine. I'll call you July 1st. And so I didn't talk to her again, July 1st. She gives me a call. Um, I said, Hey, it's, you know, July 1st, July 4th is right around the corner. Why don't we talk on July 5th? So we talked July 5th. Um, she told me what they were doing and the plans and, and wanted me to put in a resume to be the executive director. Mm-hmm. So they announced a position for executive director. I think they got a handful of, uh, applications. I was one of them. I went through a, uh, I, I, I'm sure everybody else did. I don't know this for a fact because I haven't asked, um, went through an interview session, and then they hired me as the executive director for their World All-Star Federation. And that's how I wound up. And even, you know, with that being said, so that was about July 11th, once the interview and all that stuff, and I was actually officially hired. I, not I, but we had the meeting August 3rd in Miami um, that the national meetings you're talking about. So there's only really two weeks for us to announce that and to get people there. So we still had 125 people there, which I was really happy with the turnout. And again, I got a lot of phone calls from people saying, Hey, I wish, you know, we had more time to plan this. We'd be there for sure. You know, we're in the middle of choreography. We're, you know, with all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, Hey, I understand that. You know, we're just getting started. Not a problem. But it, it just turned out everything worked out that way because I couldn't, I, you know, I wasn't released till July 1st. And then we had July 4th. Um, so I really couldn't be hired until the interview process. So July 11th is when I got hired and we already had, or she, they already had the um, hotel set up for the event because Elaine Pascal was so uh, generous and, and giving us, letting us use her contact for the, um, dim, uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel now down in Miami. The diplomat uh, diplomat. There you go. Uh, the diplomat hotel. And so, because they have hot shots down there and we were able mm-hmm. to get the ballrooms for a much cheaper price. So, you know, it just was as a timing thing, you know, I would love to have the, the, the meeting two months after I got hired. So it give you a lot more stuff set up and prepped. Um, but again, then you're you're right in the middle of 
competition season. So it just yeah. all, it is, it is what it is and we are where we are. So we're behind the eight ball a little bit and we get that and we're getting things rolling now. And I'm still playing catch up on all the things that Heidi and the group did to organize and get things ready. You know, she's like, Oh no, we have this done. I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know we had that done. So, you know, I'm playing catch up and we're getting there. So I want to, I want to ask this and I don't want it to be like you said, we can't, we can't run our race with, the, with one foot in the mud, but I do want to ask, so why does the why do you feel the industry needs a new governing body or this let's say this governing body? Sure, not a problem. Um, for number one, transparency. Number two, not run by a single organization. Um, I number three, it's just another option for people. If if you don't want to join with the World All Star Federation, that's okay. You know, stay where you are. Um, but we're just, we were looking to be a, just another option, um, and, and have it run, have the board seats. There's only two board seats for the, the world all-star federation. That's event producers. Um, mm-hmm. again, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody else, but that's, that's how we're going to run it. It's going to be coaches and, and gym owners on the board, uh, making the decisions and, and steering the, uh, the industry forward. Um, so when you say transparency, what do you, you know, do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, as, as you know, I was with the USASF for 10 years and the ISF for four, um, maybe 11 and five. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, don't really, I didn't really write down the days I left, but I can tell you a lot of votes happen and things got changed behind closed door meetings. Um, I, I, I don't think things should be done for marketing that benefits one company over others. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll kind of just leave it at that. Yeah. I think the industry, if the industry votes a certain way. That's the way it should go. There we go. Nope. Makes sense. All right. So you guys have this meeting down in Florida and what are the, the topics? What do we talk about? What do we cover? Really? We covered what I just covered with you about how I got into all this and, you know, mm-hmm. I really, I wanted to make it sure that people understood that I was not just another varsity guy starting another organization, that, that this came from a passion of mine for the industry and for more than the industry for the athletes. Um, so that was my opening session is, you know, where I came from and how we got here, you know, the Heidi Weber story of how she contacted me. And uh, talk, again, things we just covered, the transparency aspect of it. And um, everybody will get a vote. Uh, if you're a member, you get a vote. Um, I'm trying to go off the top of my head, remember the things we, we talked about and throughout the day, um, you know, one funny thing is when we had the speaker speaking on coaching stuff, we took the event producers and brought them to another room. Well, somebody said, well, that's not transparency. Like we're not doing anything. We're not covering anything. That's not transparent. We're talking to the EPs about EP stuff and you're in the coach's room talking about, you know, coaching stuff. Um, so there's nothing hidden. We were talking about, you know, developing a new bid process. We're talking about giving bids, talking about the world championship. Um, so, you know, there's nothing to hide. If you might ask me a question, you can ask me any question you want, and I'll give you the most honest and update answer. And I might have to say, I don't know, because we haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we, we did that, and then um, we had the voting. And to, just for an example of the transparency of voting, as soon as we voted for the, uh, I think it was five out of the 14 board seats um, for the advisory board for the World All-Star Federation, within, I think it was two minutes, uh, we had the voting up on the PowerPoints. 
how the voting mm-hmm. turned out. Um, you know, we didn't take it back there and go, oh, no, we don't want this person. Let's scrub this and put this person here. Or, yeah. And there's no permanent seats for um, any one company or anything like that. And and, I'll, and while we're on that topic, let me go ahead and say and give Heidi Weber a shout out because she is, yeah, she is the one who started this. She is the one who's organized this. But she told me in our very, very first conversation on July 5th, um, when we had our first in-depth conversation about what we were doing, she was last, she goes, I want to help you get, get, help you get this started. And this was, she goes, basically, if we hire you, I want to help you get this started, um, help it get it up and running, make sure it's on, you know, it's good solid ground. Then I don't want to, you know, run this. I, I want to be a member and support it like everybody else does. She goes, I do not want to be Jeff Webb 2.0 to where you owe me this and you owe me that. And um, so I've, I told her, I said, I have nothing but respect for you saying that. I said, because if this becomes USACF 2.0, I'm going to walk. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to do the politics thing and all that kind of stuff. Um, now, with that being said, there's a lot of people in varsity who are still good friends of mine. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people in the USACF still really good friends of mine who I, who I believe are there doing in their heart what they think is the right thing. Um, so I'm not, again, not slamming the people who are in these industry or in, in these uh, companies. And I'm not even slamming the companies. I'm just telling you, ask me a question, trying to give you an honest answer. Uh, so that's hopefully I hope I answer your question. <laughs> no. Yeah. So um, I want to get right here. Um, so what about the, uh, the rules? Does WASF plan to have a different set of rules than the USASF? That is not, not going to be up to me. The funny thing is you're asking me questions that a lot of people have asked me and questions like these that a lot of people have asked me. Um, yeah. I'm, I look at myself as not the person who's going to run the industry. I'm, looking at the, I'm the person who's going to steer the ship. I'm, I'm kind of the captain of the ship that's just going to steer the direction it goes. To make those decisions will be the industry. Like we're going to we're voting within the next, say, three weeks maybe. We are going to you know have the rules committee elected. Um, just like the division list committee, what, you know, what divisions are we going to have? Um, as you know, I brought out some new divisions for our championship that we're going to have. Um, so if let's start, let's start with the division list. If the division list committee gets together and says, you know what, what we have right now is the best way it should be. And, and we're going to keep it this way. Then that's what we'll do. I guess that's what the industry wants. However, they come together and say, you know what, you know, we've had 20, 18, 20 years of this. Now we have a better idea of what's out there and what's going on. Here's a better way to do this. I'm for it. I, cause as you know, me, I am not afraid to go out there and do bold stuff. Um, again, I'm the one who brought running tumbling, synchronized running tumbling to the industry on score mm-hmm. sheet. Uh, just, these are just some things that I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Um, I'm the one who fought like a mad dog to get the non tumbling division to the industry. And again, that came because when I was coaching at Germantown, I had so many freshmen who would try out and make the team. And the next year they go to JV or varsity. And by the time they're senior, you know, you went from 20, 22 kids um, down to, cause you had, you know, 16 plus you had alternates mm-hmm. in school. And you're, da- you're down to like eight, nine kids, 10 kids only because a lot of kids are not built to tumble. A lot of kids, mm-hmm. They just, a lot of, especially young ladies or don't have that strength to weight ratio or, or those kind of things that they can't. Cause on, on the varsity team that I had, you had to have a standing back tuck. Now remember this is back in the 1990s. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it wasn't common like it is now with all-stars, 
um, but you didn't have all these kids with these tumbling skills and I would lose great kids, great families out of the program who you just adore and really needed because they were great stunners. And I was always thinking, man, I wish I could keep those kids. Well, when I got into the position with the USS and the ISF, I was like, you know, we need to have a non-tumbling division. And so many gyms look at it as, oh, well, it's hurting my tumbling teams. Well, again, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your gym, but you might be setting it up the wrong way. I mean, still focus yeah. on your tumbling teams. I'm not saying take your rid of tumbling teams, but this should be another way to bring in kids or keep kids who don't want to be doing level two skills and level three skills because they don't, they just can't do the standing tumbling or the running mm-hmm. tumbling. They can, you know, this kid, this this kid right here will never have a double full. Yeah, but she can stunt with the best of them. Um, also, if you if you get a 14, 15, 16 year old kid athlete in your gym, you know, at that age they're not going to learn to tumble at that level. Yeah. You know, and they, they see their friends doing this, all these great teams that are, you know, level five and level six. And they're like, oh, I want to try that cheerleading. It looks fun. And they come in there and they see all this elite tumble. I'm like, I'll never, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm 15 years old. It's, it's kind of, I'll miss the boat. Um, but here's a chance for them to be on a team that they can do the stuff that they can learn easily, which is stunning. So again, that's why I brought that to, uh, to the table. Sorry, I went off a tangent there. Um, but to answer your question, uh, the rules Again, if if our rules committee feels like, hey, we think this is a better way to do th- stuff, and that's what the industry votes on, I'm not afraid to bring bold stuff to the industry. Um, I think this industry needs a shakeup, needs some different ideas and some different uh, looks at it. You know, we've had 18 to 20 years of putting band aids on things to move forward, and and, and not just kind of okay, now's the time. Let's go ahead and restructure everything. And I'm not I'm not saying that we're going to do that. I'm saying there's a possibility that we could do that. All right, so talk to me about some of these um, some of these bold divisions that we've that we've entered into. You know, I saw, I think, well, I saw some of the news article, not news articles, but you know, stuff online. I was like, oh, that's different. So yeah, talk to me about some of these um, just different things that you guys have got going on. <laughs> um, uh, let me see. I'll do this from memory. Uh, the juniors, level five and six. Um, let's let's be honest. Every gym out there just about uses their their world team as a marketing uh, advertising ploy to get new kids in the gym. That's great. That's fine. No problem. Uh, juniors, as a matter of fact, always from the very beginning of in 2005 when I joined the USASF, I thought juniors. And for a while, we uh, almost had juniors at the Worlds. Um, I've always felt that they should be there. Uh, with the only teams being the seniors, you kind of don't even have any junior teams in this industry anymore. They're so far and few between. Um, hopefully this rebuilds the junior divisions and gives gyms that don't have, because so many kids will leave. Once you train a kid, I train a kid, train a kid, train a kid up to this level. And because I don't have 35 more of these kids, they leave and go to a different gym. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, that's the reason why I brought both junior and senior level five. Um, Cause again, I, I, I round off handspring full single, full single elite skill. Um, not only that for the athletes here, but also athletes in other countries. Uh, so juniors is an opportunity for smaller gyms, newer gyms, um, all gyms to, to give those kids a, a, a exposure to that type of competition. Uh, senior five, I just kind of told you about that. Um, again, I believe that a lot of these senior six teams who go to, to, to a world competition and just get demolished, really aren't senior six, but they got to put a team at worlds. So if they can move their team to senior five, they can do a lot. They'll be a lot stronger 
and they'll be able to compete um, in that division. Yeah, uh, I, I know that there's a lot of of the how do I say this? The elite gyms who don't want that because they're afraid it's going to hurt their level six teams and all that kind of stuff. Well, this, there's more gyms than just those elite gyms. Um, I respect what they say and I expect how they feel, but that's not the same feeling for everybody out there. Um, what else? Extra large teams, <laughs> 50 kids on a mat. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I announced that, it kind of, kind of broke the internet uh, from what I understand. Um, that one and the other one, the, uh, 50 kids, and I think 36 is just an arbitrary number. And we had back in the day, 50-ish kids on the on a team. Now we're gonna we put a limit of the number of athletes that can tumble at one time, uh, for safety reasons. And we'll also let, and this will come out later when we put out the documents, that you know while some kids are on the floor tumbling, others may step off the floor to give them room. So okay, not, yeah. you're not trying to crowd all 50 on there. Now we would not, we would, we're going to not allow someone to start tumbling off the floor or tumbling end off the floor, but you can step off the floor to clear room for other people. Um, uh, what else? That's the 50, um, of oh, the all building. Um, you know, again, I brought the non-tumbling to ISF. Um, we're going to change the name to all building and to give credit where credit is due. I think Courtney Pope is the one who suggested to call an all building. I may be wrong. So whoever did suggest that, if it was not Courtney, I apologize. Um, but just to accentuate the positive, we call it all building instead of the non-tumbling and the negative of it. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that and we're bringing that to the all, five, six, and seven, all levels of that of the, at the world competition. And we are going to break it into small and large. Uh, the, the fact is it's just become a very popular division. Yeah. And that's, the people who are fighting that need to realize, okay, it is popular. I can use this to grow my gym. I can use this to really build up my gym um, and stop fighting it because, oh, it's going to take away from my kids who are learning double fulls and kids don't want to learn double fulls anymore. It depends upon how you run in your gym. Um, so anyway, that's the, that's the all building. The last one is the all males. That's the other one that broke the internet. And again, I can take credit for one bringing it to the table, but it's been mentioned before. It was mentioned years ago and it was just shut down. Um, there's not enough males in this industry to have all male teams. Well, if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'm not afraid to try it. Um, and I think if we can make it work and we have, a, a, even if we have three teams, it'll be an exciting division. It'll be a very high profile Definitely. division. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we'll see. You know, you know, I, I'm not afraid to go out there and, you know, put my toe in the water and might get bitten by a, an alligator or it might uh, be a nice swimming pool. Who's, who knows? Yeah, there you go. Good stuff. All right. So what can uh, coaches and owners really expect from the WASF? Input and voices. Their, their, their voices will be heard. Um, there's transparency. Uh Bold idea, you know, everything that we talked about, you know, let's, let's build this industry. Let's get this industry growing again, um, back to where we, we were and then beyond and, and get the profile up. Yeah, there we go. And I think you, and you kind of touched on this, but I'll give you another chance to really sure. answer the question directly, but you know, what are the goals, which maybe I should have started off with this, but what are the goals with, you know, with the, the WASF? It, again, it's, I can sit here and list my personal goals, but it's got nothing to do with it because I'm just steering the ship. 
it's yeah. the goals of the industry. It's, it's letting the industry run the governing body let the industry decide what's going, you know, if we're going to take a left turn or a right turn on this, on this subject or that subject. Um, let's say uh, the, the half, the, the, the half tops. If the industry votes that we want to keep the half tops, then we keep them. If the industry votes that we don't want to keep them, then we don't keep them. Again, that's not the way it worked before. That was being forced down from other people um, that were getting rid of the half tops. Now, I've got no vote on that. I have no say. I mean, I know people think that that's horrible and it looks this way. And other people say, hey, the kids, they get dressed up for this. And what's the difference on this and dance, you know, competitions, all that kind of stuff. Again, it's not my point of view. It's uh, what the industry decides to do. And that's just what I hope. That's the goal is to get people on the same page. And and people have to be realize that, okay, I voted this way, but that's not the way the industry voted. So I lost that particular vote mm-hmm. and can be okay with it. But at least they'll know that they're the ones who voted. Yeah. So with, with that, with everyone having a vote, well, real quick, is it that every, every member has a vote or every, every and our members member. are presented by coaches or members are presented by gyms? It depends upon the subject. Um, okay. Let's say there's a, there's a subject that only will affect event producers. Well, we're not going to let coaches vote, vote on that. Um, only event producers to vote on that. Uh, you know, cause if we you say, okay, we want the competitions to cost $5 per kid. Um, well, every coach would be, I mean, yeah, I'm voting for that. Well, the event is <laughs> like, uh, we can't do that. You know, they, they, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, so it depends upon the, the conversation and the, and the topic of who would vote on it. There may be, I can't think of thing in the top of my head, but there may be a subject that only would affect and should only be decided by gym owners. And so just the mm-hmm. gym owners would get a vote and the coaches wouldn't and the event producers wouldn't get a vote. Um, yeah. I would imagine most subjects, most topics are voted on by all the members, the coaches, the gym owners, the, anybody who's a member, event producers, you, you yeah. name it. And then, so, but do you feel like there needs to be a sense of, well, we got to protect you. I know I get that. I get the sense or I get the, um, the theory that, Hey, we want to give everyone a vote, but do you feel that sometimes that someone outside, not outside of the industry, but outside of a coach or an owner or an event producer needs to protect the industry from itself where you go, yeah, you know, cause some, you know, as co- coaches make a lot of decisions for parents, right? The parents, Hey, we, I know you guys want to go to NCA and UCA and, you know, where this place, this place, this place, but you're going to be burned out by the end of the season by how much traveling you're going to do. So we're going to make that decision to kind of protect you from yourselves. Do you feel like at some point, are there any decisions do you feel like you would make that are going to protect, that are meant to protect the industry from itself, even though the, in, yeah. No, that's a great question. I don't, can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I will, I will give you my word on this. If something like that comes up, we won't just make that decision. We'll let it not be known that this is what we're making the decision and this is why we're making that decision. Mm-hmm. So it won't be just be a decision being made, pushed out forward. It'll be again, transparency of here's the decision. Here's a conversation. Here's a saving you from yourself type vote, And this is the direction we're going to go in. There we go. No, make makes perfect sense. So um, people are listening. They want to get involved. They're like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what the industry needs. How can coaches get involved? How can they become members? Well, I can tell you that we are coming up on the um, membership again. Let, let me back up and tell you something that we've partnered with. Um, that's will have to do with my answer for you. We have partnered with the AAU, and you know I'm sure you know AAU is you know the basketball all that kind of stuff. 
AAU actually has a many, many different sports and it is the largest and oldest youth organization in America. Um, so it's a huge partnership for us. We're excited about it. They're excited about it. Matter of fact, I just did, I don't know if you saw this. I did a regional calls for each region of the country, um, to get Mm -hmm. on and ask questions like we're doing right now. And at the end of one of those calls, I says, anybody have any questions? And this lady, Bree, she she was on the phone call the whole time, never said a word. I went to the zoom call the whole time, never said a word. Um, and you could tell she was on her iPhone. There was no video or anything. It was just, you know, a little phone symbol in her name. Well, she was on mute and all of a sudden she clicks off mute. She goes, Hey, Les, I'm with uh, AAU. And I went, Uh oh, I hope I didn't say anything bad. You are wrong. <laughs> you know, and she goes, She goes, I just want you to know that everything you said was right on, you know, right on target. You know, we're happy to, you're excited to work with you guys and we're really looking forward to it. So that was, it was, you know, it was a little secret shopper call there and it worked out great. Um, so I don't have all the details about the partnership. We're working those things out, but I tell you that I am extremely excited. I know it will help with background checks. It will help with insurance for the athletes and the, and the coaches. Um, what was your question? I know I went off on a tangent again. Sorry. Um, how can coaches uh, get their membership? So with that, they only uh, the AAU only has a, a membership sign on at a certain period of time. Um, during the year. And that's, I think it's either just started or now, but go to the uh, world all-star federation.org. Again, we are a true 501c3 and we are a true not uh, nonprofit organization. So that's why we have .org at the end. So world all-star federation.org.org. Um, go on there and you can sign up and be a member and get involved. There we go. And AAU is huge. I mean, I know oh, I, yeah. I feel like I follow more basketball than the average cheerleader. Um, But yeah, you know, it's like almost impossible to make it to the NBA without going through the AAU system first. Right. Right. So yeah, everyone goes. Yeah. So AAU crazy. That that's real huge. Well, let's let's look at that for a second. The all-star world is filling most of the spots for college cheer teams. It used to Mm. be the other way around. Used to be just the high school cheer teams are filling those spots. Not anymore. There's a lot of college teams picking up. You know, just if you do something, I'll say this quasi professional, and you spend a lot of time on it, you're going to be better than somebody who just stands on the sideline. I'm not saying all sideline cheerleaders are bad. I mean, Lord knows there's millions of them out there that are good cheerleaders. It's no insult to them. But the kids going through all star gyms and training and training and training on something, that's going to be a lot. You're going to be a lot more talented. You're going to be a lot more developed in what you can do. And so yeah, a lot of the sure. spots are being filled at colleges. No, and I, I I say this all the time on the podcast, but I coached at California Baptist University for six years and I did all the recruiting, right? And we'd get our little recruit forms, they'd come in and you know, you'd have your name and pretty shortly after that say what gym you like, where did you cheer at, right? You'd name a high school, your all star gym, and I would skip to that to see where they cheered at, and then I'd skip all the way down to the bottom to read their skills, right? And there's a huge correlation between right you know, their skills and where they cheered at, right? Yeah. Um, you know, high school versus all-stars. Yeah. It used to be, you know, the, the college coaches. And, I, you know, again, being in this industry for so long, you know so many people. I would talk to college coaches and they'd be like, you know, I really don't like these all-star kids. They don't know how to cheer on a sideline. They don't know how to do this, you know, to really engage the crowd. Um, and that has flipped to where it's a lot easier to teach somebody how to cheer on a sideline than it is actually teach them skills that they have. You know, it's, yeah. you know, you get these, these other kids who know good cheerleaders on the sideline really don't have any skills. It's harder to teach them than it is to, to teach a kid who's got the skills, but just needs to learn how to 
cheer in front of a crowd. Yeah. And, and, but at sure. the same time, there's a lot of all-star kids who don't know, to, do not need to go cheer at college because they can't cheer enough on a crowd. They hate the crowd. They hate the game. I'm like, okay, then don't go try to cheer college. <laughs> you know, don't do that. <laughs> if you don't like cheering in front of a crowd, if you like sports and like cheering in front of a crowd and you've got skills, go be a college cheerleader. Even when I was coaching at Germantown, I'd have, you know, seniors come up to me and say, Hey coach, should I, should I go try to cheer in college? I'm like, I would never stop you, but let me tell you something. Your first two, your freshman, sophomore year, cheer in college. Your junior, senior year, my opinion, just my opinion, stop cheering and start transitioning to an adult that you're going to be for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, cheering is great because in college because you get to know a bunch of people, you got to meet a bunch of people. It's a great experience. But to me, at some point, you're like, okay, it's time to, if I don't have a path to be a professional cheerleader, so I need to start transitioning into what I'm going to do for the rest of my adult life. Yeah. There you go. Solid advice. All right, here we go. Let's. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Go. Sorry, I was going to say, there is another idea that we have that's going to help people change that career tra- trajectory um, that we'll talk about in a minute. I'm sure whatever you said was perfect. <laughs> no, go ahead. Say, 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 say it again. Sure. I said, yes, what I just said about, you know, going your junior, senior year and getting out of cheerleading and getting to what you're going to do the rest of your adult life still stands for most people. However, we do have some ideas with the World All-Star Federation that hopefully will give an avenue to help change that career trajectory for some of the kids that want to stay in cheerleading for their their adult life. And we can talk about that in a minute if you want to. No, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about it right now. Well, okay. Like I said, I I was one who brought um, and started testing people for credentialing and then handed it off to some other people in the USASF. And I really feel like it's been changed and not really reaching the goal that it was meant to reach. Um, so, cause I was asked this question, are you bringing credentialing to the WASF? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. not at all. I don't, I don't think it's going to work that way. Um, the idea that we have or that I have is we're going to start what's called a coach's college and it's there going to be a true, what, what, what here's, here's, here's class 101. Here's class 102, 103, then go to two, not 200 level, 201, you know, a, a, structured progression through how to coach a structured progression mm-hmm. of what you, if you want to go be on the gym owner's tract, how do I be a gym owner? Well, you need to know how to make sure the zoning's right for your building, the taxes, you know, all that kind of stuff that you yeah. learn how to be a gym owner. We're going to, we're going to make sure there's classes for that. Um, so, I mean, I would imagine even you, Jason, because I know I did. My dad was like, son, when you get out here, you're to get a real job. Most of us who we got to our <laughs> adult lives, have dealt with a parent, an uncle or an aunt or somebody, some authority figure in our life said, Hey, when do you get out of this cheerleading stuff and get a real job? Yeah. And <laughs> for the most part, it makes sense that they would say that, you know, they're not in this industry, but hopefully with a coach's college, they can see that there's a education piece and a professional piece and kids coming up will have a, a path to go in there to come out as great coaches, to come out as a great tumbling instructor, to come out as a uh, educated gym owner. So, we want that to happen. So now kids can see, okay, I can stay in this because right now there's a gap missing with a lot of us older folks. Who's going to be the next stream of leaders coming in here. Yeah. So we want to educate and bring those kids. Cause the kids that we're talking about right now that you don't even think twice about who are 15, 16, 17, you know what? Five years from now, that's the leaders of the industry. You know, they, yep. those, those are the kids that are going to step up and start being coaches and stuff. So let's, let, let's make sure they get taught the right way. Yeah. For, and that reminds me so much of, you know, the first, like when I really gained a lot of respect for you was when I saw that 
your your talk at varsity U about you know how to be that coach and you know i'm going i didn't watch it live i remember just going back and and watching it online and i watched the whole thing and you know you just you were talking about the coaches that need to be in the industry the coaches that don't need to be in the industry and you, you know just flat out you know and bold and just saying if you're gonna coach like this and not treat these you know i guess the the bottom line was you probably didn't say these exact words, but you know, if you're not going to treat these as, as people's kids or be a a role model to these kids, or if you're just going to treat them like, you know, pawns on your, you know, career chessboard, then we don't need you in the industry. If you're going to, you know, tear down these kids, you know, we don't need you. And you kept saying like, get out, we don't need you, you know? And so I love this innovation that you have, you know, the coaches colleges, you know, my mind, as soon as you said it, I remember my mom always says this. She never really said, when are you going to get a real job? But she always, she always says, I'm just so surprised that you made cheerleading your career. Like she's well, saying like, the same thing, just in a more positive yeah. way. You know, kudos to <laughs> yeah. your mom. <laughs> can't be- I can't believe you did it, Jason. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so there we go. All right. So what else is going on? Oh, go ahead. My dad stopped saying that when I uh, started working for the USASF and he realized that it was a, a real uh, industry that, you know, had a career path to it. But again, mm-hmm. career path is not that big for that many people that we, I think we can expand it and help grow the industry. Yeah. But I think that's a fantastic idea. Like that, that's so cool. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of, and I think that's the other thing that's, I remember I struggled with that as a, as a coach, like it doesn't sound that cool to be a cheer coach, right? Like, you know, you have friends, oh, I want to be an accountant or a doctor or whatever. And they have like these professions, you know, I, well, you know, I'm like in my heart, I'm like, I want to be a cheer coach. Like, that's what I want to do. And um, super cool to give young coaches a path where they can, yeah, they can actually go, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to get there. Um, because it has kind of just been hit and miss. Like, oh, you see someone, you know, you have in your heart, but you want to do it. You don't really know how to really like have a set training right. on how to do it the same way some of these other professions or, you know, most professions have. All right. So what else is going, what else do we have that, you know, that we need to know about? You know, it's funny. You said, uh, the, um, it's, it's awkward to tell somebody you're a cheerleading coach for, as your you know job. You know, when I used to travel or still want to travel so much on, on planes, you always sit next to somebody and kind of start that awkward conversation. <laughs> if you don't have your headphones <laughs> to, to shut them out. <laughs> um, and every, everybody asks the same question, you know, what do you for, do for a living? Well, I, when, I used to say this to every single person that asked me that. I'd be like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can guess. And because I was always in shape and kept my hair, my haircut real short, people would say I was a cop. I was a detective. I was in the military, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of things. And I, I, I'd let them guess a little bit. Then I would tell them what was going on. So it was made the conversation a little bit easier. And they were like, oh, okay, that's cool. Then I sat next down to next to this one lady. She had to be 70, 75 years old. And she asked me what I did for a living. I said, well, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you could, you know, if you can guess. And she looked at me, she squinted her eyes, then she opened them real big. <laughs> and she goes, are you a stripper? I went, uh, no, no, no I'm not a stripper. <laughs> so that was, a, that was the last time I ever played that game with somebody. <laughs> it kind of was a very That's awkward situation there. <laughs> That's actually really funny. I thought she recognized you. I'm like, oh, you're less. So I'm like, yeah. oh, That's great. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, uh, so you so said, what else is going on? Um, well, like I said, I, I am still catching up on the things that Heidi and those guys have gotten started and, and put in place. We announced the divisions yesterday. We posted them. I don't know if you saw that. We posted them 
uh, for the divisions for our championship. Mm -hmm. So those are out next week, either the end of this week or the beginning of next week, we're going to post the bid process, how to get a bid, who's giving them that kind of stuff. Um, Get that out there. After that, we're going to really focus on the nominations for the rest of the, to fill out the board and to start the nominations for the different uh, committees, the rules committee, division list committee, you know, there's different committees. Um, trying to think what else is going on. We've got a ton of stuff going on, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. Again, you know, we're, 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 we're starting a governing body that the other one has had 18 year head start on us. So <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're getting rolling. All right, so here we go. Before we before we get into our, our final three questions, is there anything else that we need to talk about that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Um, other than I'm excited to get this going. No, uh, yeah. a ton of support uh, from different countries, a ton of support from within this country. A lot of people calling me saying, hey, Les, what, how can I help? Where are we going? I'm like, just give me a little time and uh, you know, I'll let you know. Um, so yeah, looking forward to, to moving forward with us. There we go. Oh, this is a random, before I get to the last three, random, the, the all, all building divisions, will those have international um, ages attached to them or will they have regular senior age or will they be the, all the age groups, I guess? What I did, when, again, I just finished this yesterday, so it's very fresh in my mind. What I did when, again, God, let me back up again. Before I was hired for the WASF, Heidi Weber, who runs the open I'll mess this name up. Open mm-hmm. Championship Series, I think it's called. Yep, we had her on the show last year, or maybe two years. We had her. We've had her on the show. Fantastic lady. All Star World Championship, I think it's called, and the Open Championship Series. Well, she announced that the Open Championship Series is going to let the WASF use their rules and division lists, and you know all that kind of scoring, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was done before I ever got on board. So. I didn't want to just go against what she said and not use that division list that they have listed out there. But what I did is I took that list. I took the USASF list. I took the IASF list and I made sure I, our list, the, the world all-star federation list for divisions for the championship. If you if you fit in any one of those divisions, then you fit in our divisions. One thing that we're mm-hmm. not going to do is have U S divisions and international divisions. That makes no mm-hmm. sense to me for a world competition. Um, if, if USASF should run a nationals, not, not a world competition, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so if you're coming from a different country and you join in a division, you're joining in with the U S teams. So that's, that's yeah. the way that's going to work. Um, there we go. So as far as the ages, the ages sh- should encompass both international and US age grids. Gotcha. That makes sense to you. Now, again, in the future, all that may get tightened up as we develop our committees and they start saying, okay, this needs to be this. But right now we're very open and open-ended on all, all areas to make sure we encompass yeah. everybody. And so and now, and now all these questions are coming to me. So now will, <laughs> will the open championship series, who will hold the score sheet Will the open championship series, the open championship series is nothing to do with what we're doing. That's Heidi and that's her company. Okay. So, I, you yeah. know, a lot of people get that. A lot of people think, okay, the all-star world championships and WASF are all the same. It's not, it's okay. not the same at all. The world all-star federation championship. has got nothing to do with the all-star world championship or the open series. Gotcha. People get confused because Heidi's the one who runs this thing. And she's mm-hmm. the one who helped, who helped get this started. But she, again, is doing yeah. this out of the kindness of her heart um, to help get this started. So it's, it's completely different entities. No, sorry. Interrupt your question. 
Well, then, well, so, so I guess the question is, will EPs that decide to associate with the World All-Star Federation, will, will the EPs still control their own, will the EPs have their score sheet or will the WASF have a score sheet that's their own? We, we will have our own scoring system. That does not mean that you are forced to use it if you're an event producer that's a member. Okay, so let's, um, all right, so one more time. Anything else you think we need to cover? Because you're going to say something's <laughs> going to spark an idea. We're going to be here another 30 minutes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut then. <laughs> no, I, I can't think of anything right now. Um, yeah, sure, if it's another week, I'd, I'd have 20 more things to talk about. But, you know, right now, yeah. it's, we are where we are. There we go. All right, so let's get into these last three questions then. Um, so what needs to start, stop, and or change in the industry? Start the growth, the growth of the industry. Um, it, it needs to, to start happening again. The education needs to start happening. Um, again, I think the youth need a, a, a path forward if they want to remain in cheerleading um, as a career path. Uh, so I think that that's stuff that needs to start. All right. So let's move on to the next one. What's a myth, rumor, or narrative that you want to take this chance to debunk right now? Well, I really don't pay attention to to rumors and stuff. So <laughs> do you have any one? I've, I've got an answer for it, but it's really my personal one. Um, do you have any myths or rumors that you want to throw at me? If, see if I'm going to debunk them or say um, that I think that's ridiculous. No, well, no, this is just a random question and then you can answer yours, but what's it, you know, you grew, and I guess I, I did this too with PCM where I was there for six years and now I had to directly compete against them. So what's, I guess, what's that like to be in your shoes to really be, you know, one of the faces at USASF, like, you know, when you think of USASF, you're one of the people that people think of immediately and now have to, you know, go against directly. I guess the same thing even with varsity. So what's that, you know, that competition, like that personal struggle, like for you? Sure. And, and it is a struggle because there's, again, like I said, there's a lot of people who I still adore at USASF. And, you know, Gina Evans is one of them. Um, there's a, I don't want to keep naming names because I'll miss somebody and they'll be, you didn't say my name. So I, there's a <laughs> lot of them, a lot of them there that I truly adore. Um, so and to say that, you know, we're not a competition. Well, obviously, by default, we're competition for them and they're competition for us. Uh, however, that's not how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. That we're just another option for people. Um, mm-hmm. People can say, well, you're in competition with them. Okay, you can see it that way. But as far as we're concerned, you can join both organizations. You know, we're, yeah. we're not saying either us or no one. Um, so no one from there has called me. <laughs> And said, "Hey, good luck." <laughs> um, but you know, I, I just again, I, I hope I'll, I wish all of them well. You know, there's some great personal friends I have there. You know, uh, Casey Roden, who is one of the behind the scene people. I hired her. I I, I adore her. Um, her daughters are are, are beautiful. Uh, you know, I just uh, <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about someone like Casey Roden. She's a great person. Um, yeah, you know, Dana Fielding is still to this day, one of my best friends outside of cheerleading and inside of cheerleading, you know, so I've, mm-hmm. I've got nothing but great things to say about Dana Fielding, who's with the, uh, I think it's ICU now. Um, so while people may say we're in competition, uh, we're just going to do our thing and keep moving forward and not, tr- and try not to focus on, oh, we need to beat them or we need to do this to them. That's, that's not our, that's not our goal. That's not how we're going to, how we're going to work. Yeah. Um, there we go. As far as being a face, um, 
it's I'm sure my wife does not like it that much <laughs> because she <laughs> remembers the days that I was on the phone in the middle of the night on Christmas Day, on Thanksgiving Day, when people from around the world were calling and asking rules questions. Um, and she said the other day, she goes, it's 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 like you're doing it all over again. I said, ah, you're right. I am. Uh, you know, it's because I'm people have been calling left and right from different countries and from this country saying, hey, Les, can I talk, ask you about WASF? And she's like, can you just stop and have dinner with us? I said, yeah, let me answer this one more phone call first. <laughs> so she's, she's not extreme. She's not mad, but she's not, she just wishes I would put a little more time restraints on everything. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this though. I'm not missing my son's football games. Um, my second yeah. son is playing football. My oldest son is in college and I, I missed a lot of stuff with him that I regret missing. So I'm not going to do that with my second son. He's a junior. So the next two years I will follow him in his sports endeavors and, uh, We'll, we'll miss out on those, those opportunities to support yeah. them. Um, but, you know, being the face and what you said earlier, you know, I just appreciate the support. You know, I, I know I'll tell you the best thing about the, the, the meeting in Miami. When I looked into the crowd in, in Miami, I saw a number of faces that I remember being in just getting my butt chewed off by these people when I was giving them a penalty mm-hmm. at a competition but yet they still respect me and support me because they know that I'm honest and my faith in God and my honesty and integrity will come before anything else. I, you know, I will not mm-hmm. waver on those things. Um, so moving forward, I just keep my head down, keep doing what I believe is the right thing to do. And I'm not saying I've never made mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes when I was doing, you know, all these past years. Um, I can, I can give you my word and say that none of them were done with the wrong intentions. They were all done with the right intentions just made the wrong choice all right do you want to um you said you had a personal narrative you want to debunk again this is my personal this is not the WAS the, the world all-star federation stance this is a less stellar stance i think scoring in this industry is a scam mm-hmm. i think it's the biggest scam we have going i think it's we are following the the and we should learn from this instead of follow it we are following down the footsteps of gymnastics and gymnastics is is basically dying um, you ever go to a gymnastics meet and watch 25 level one girls do all the same routines with the same music? It's, it's so boring. Um, <laughs> and this, the scoring rubrics and the drivers and you got to do this and that to score this. I think that's that's the worst thing that we can do, but yet we're doing it. And the, and it was like, well, why don't we just do a little bit of it? Because once you do a little bit of it, it's like taxes in America. <laughs> it starts getting bigger and bigger. And you go down that. Yeah. You go down that rabbit hole. Um. You know, if I told you, Jason, you're coaching a team and I said, and level X, you know, pick a level, you know, this made up level, level X to get the highest score, you've got to do a full up to a heel stretch. What would you put in your routine? Mm-hmm. A full up to a heel full stretch. Full up the heel stretch. And what would every other coach in that division put in there? A full up the heel stretch. Well, you just kill the, the creativity. This, this industry was built on creativity and what was fun for the kids, you know, it was fun for the athletes to make up new stunts and create new things. Um, but now if the, the worst thing I can tell you right now, the worst thing in this industry is when a coach or a choreographer is putting together a routine and they're not using their, their brains to come up with stuff. They're looking at a score sheet and say, okay, we need four of these. We need uh, five of these. And they're looking at the score sheet to, to decide what they need to do. That's not, that's not how this industry was built. That's not what's going to keep it moving yeah. forward. Again, that's, that's my opinion. Um, I'm much more of a comparative scoring type guy. Uh, now with that being said, I agree with all the arguments people are going to, well, not all of them. A lot of the arguments people make about against score, uh, comparative scoring that we don't have the judges anymore to do it. 
well, why don't we have the judges? Because we they don't know how to judge comparative because they haven't been doing that. So many judges nowadays, they're just bean counters. They get up there and they count, okay, you got one, two, three, four, five of these, mm-hmm. check. Six, seven, ten of these, check. You know, it, it's not, they're not judging your routine. They're just counting how many skills you're doing. And that to me is what's, it's just got to stop. It's got to stop. And again, yeah. if I if I lose that argument, then I lose that argument and we keep moving down the, the path we're going um, with the World All-Star Federation, then I'll, I, that's fine. I'll lose that argument. But uh, that's something I really feel is hurting. Now I did have a coach, um, Brent Steele, who I think is extremely intelligent young coach who Mm -hmm. I was talking to about this. And he's like, yeah, but remember in comparative scoring back in the day, you know, it was, well, we did 10 of these and the next team did 11 of them. So they scored higher. And I'm like, well, that that doesn't mean they have to. And he's like, yeah, but that's the way Mm -hmm. judges looked at it. I said, okay, that makes sense, but that can be addressed in another way. Um, so I thought that was very valuable information that he gave me against comparative scoring, not, yeah. not against it, but in a way to help make it work. But this whole thing of ask, ask Dana Fielding, what's one of the, the biggest arguments she gets at Worlds? Because when I used to run Worlds, um, USASF Worlds, when I used to run USAF Worlds, um, and now Dana's in that position that, that I was in, that uh, we have so many times a coach would come up to me and go, we were behind and pick whatever elite team you want, you know, World Cup shooting stars all year long. We, we lost them by 0.02 points on, you know, every, we just knew if we hit a little bit stronger, we'd beat them. And then, then we get here this week at worlds and we lost by 25 points. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all conversation would always be, let me be honest with you. <laughs> you were never 0.2 <laughs> behind world cup. You were always 25 points behind, but the scoring system they got, you know, when you walk onto the floor, just by showing up, you get, you know, nine points out of 10 points. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me, you know, but again, I don't think the score should be, should be a marketing ploy. You know, if we keep these teams all within a point two of each other, a point three of each other, they won't be upset. They'll come back next year. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be that way. It should not be that yep. way. I mean, if you, if your team got beat by 20 points, Jason, you'd go back to the gym and go, okay, we got our butts whooped. We need some things to, to do differently. Not okay. We lost by point two. We just need to be a little bit cleaner and we'll, we'll beat this team which is just not true because you're not in that same league as that other team. You know, it's funny. I've talked to several, several judges who say it's so funny that coaches or it's, it seems that the industry is against the, at least the past score sheet, the what's been the past, but really like, but judges seem to really favor the comparative like world score sheet. Right. Um, It seems that all judges I talk to like judges who like judge, judge for real. Who are, oh yeah, it's the best score sheet in the industry. They you know they give you a wide range, and then you just put the you can put the teams exactly where you want to put exactly. the teams, opposed to you know the other way. And I think with the score sheet, you're exactly right. And here's the thing: the coaches want to know, and I've heard them say they I've, they've told this directly to my face. Just tell us what we need to do to score the highest points we can score, and we'll do it. And I look at them going, I know you will. But that's not creativity. You're not doing your job as a coach. Mm-hmm. You have to be creative. And I can't just tell you that secret. Every coach needs to hear the same thing. <laughs> so you're all going to be doing the exact same thing. But the judges love it because, okay, now we're actually judging. We think you, Jason, you're better than Les's team. So you're going to score higher. Now, there's some caveats yeah. on that. The judges have to be trained. But um, the, here's the thing, Jason. The funny thing, and here's the bottom line. No matter what scoring system is used out there, the top teams are still winning. The top yep. teams are still winning. It's a, this scoring system didn't change. Oh, okay. Well, now 
this elite team, they're getting last, and this other team that's you know not that good, they're winning. It's really it's not the score sheet as much as it is your your team. Um, and yeah. you've heard me say this in, in my seminars that you know what if Jason, you're coaching this team and you're you know you're just not that strong, um, and you you blame it on because I've heard so many coaches go, well the kids here just aren't that competitive. These kids here are this, the kids here are that, the parents here are this. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me if all the kids and the families in your area were in Freehold, New Jersey, and all the Freehold, mm-hmm. New Jersey parents were in your area, you would now be World Cup and they would be the, the team that struggles? No, it's mm-hmm. the structure of the gym, it's the the structure of the coaching. You know, it's it's those kind of things. It's the the environment environment within the gym that makes the the team successful. And so many coaches, yep. I can't tell you how many choreographers I talk to who are like, yeah, I, I choreographed that routine, but the one you just saw on the on the floor, that was not my routine because you know so many coaches can't coach that level that the choreographers can can um, put together. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. it's it's the coaching education that needs to get better. There we go. Sorry, boy, good I stuff. Went off, I want to find a tangent right there, man. I'm sorry. No, the, that's what the people want to hear. That's what the people want to hear. That's what the people need to hear. Actually, yeah, I and I can go off on that tangent forever. You know, because I tell coaches, you know, we'll go to the gyms. Other, you know, we do lots of gym trainings and coaches trainings types stuff like that. And they'll say, hey, what do you guys do to make your kids, you know, X, Y, and Z? Why are your kids so sharp? I'll say, oh, we do this, and they go, well, we do that. And I think you don't do that because if you did that, you'd get the same results that we got, you exactly know, because right. I did it with this. I did it with these kids and it worked. And I did it with these, you know, when I went to this program, we did it with those kids and it worked. And, you know, and when. Yeah, so exactly. I, you know, I could go off on that forever. So. All right. Here we go. Les. No, good. That's exactly what you just said. Exactly how I feel about this stuff. There you go. Good stuff, man. All right. So where people who want to support you, people who want to follow along, social media, website, email addresses, what do you, you can share, any of it, any of the above? Sure. Um, Facebook is World All-Star Federation. Easy enough. Um, my email is less at worldallstarfederation.org. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, less, W-A-S-F is my, uh, my personal one. Uh, we also have just look under World All-Star Federation you'll find you'll find all star federation under instagram and, and twitter um yeah i think that's about it anything i'm not sure i'm, I'm 55 i'm not sure what the kids are using nowadays <laughs> i don't i don't use snapchat <laughs> give, us or, your, give us your snap yeah <laughs> i don't know i'll be like okay that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go les man thanks for coming on i really appreciate it my pleasure man thank you for having me this was uh, yeah, yeah. enjoyable Les, it was an honor and pleasure chatting with you today. Thanks again for coming on the show, and best of luck this season. Everyone else, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening. Share this podcast. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Take the survey. Make a donation. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight, we're out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week.
Gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying, we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing or maybe as they are competing and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coaches clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. You send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins@me.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram at Jason Larkins. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.